The following is a Network Newswire audio production. As a multifaceted financial news and publishing company, Network Newswire uses its network of more than 5,000 key distribution outlets, as well as other corporate communication tools, to introduce private and public companies to a wide audience of investors, consumers, journalists, and the general public. Our reputation for highly efficient communication strategies is based on the experience and relationships our team has in the space. It is Network Newswire's unwavering commitment to connect the investment community with companies that have great potential and a strong dedication to building shareholder value. The following interview features a client of Network Newswire. Network Newswire may have been compensated for the production of this interview. Please be sure to read our entire disclaimer for full disclosure. Thank you and here today as your host is Stuart Smith. Welcome one, welcome all to another online business briefing where we shine a spotlight on some of the smartest and freshest plays here in the market today. And to that end, we're speaking with Sigma Labs Incorporated. They're traded on the NASDAQ CM exchange under the ticker symbol SGLB. I'd like you to follow along in this audio interview by visiting the company's website, Sigma Labs Inc., I-N-C, Sigma Labs Inc., Com. And we're lucky enough to be joined by the president and CEO of the company, John Rice. John, how are you today? I am terrific. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to call in, speak to your shareholders, and of course, the listeners to this program who may not yet be familiar with your company. So if you would, describe the company and its business model for us now. Sure. Sigma Labs is a technology company that was started uh, 10 years ago by uh, some senior scientists and engineers out of Los Alamos National Laboratory. And their goal was to create a revolutionary parts in metallurgy science. And so the way the company evolved is it developed a, a dental implant uh, technology and licensed that out. It, it developed some ordnance and licensed that out. And then it found itself focusing on 3D metal manufacturing. And 3D metal manufacturing is what will ultimately be, I believe, a really important, transformative, actually disruptive technology. That's an overused term, but this is a disruptive technology. 3D metal technology allows you to build parts that today you can find a sub-assembly of 20 or 40 parts, and you can use 3D metal manufacturing to make that whole assembly as one part and it can have very complex geography geometry um, and very um, high performance standards and it, it is an absolutely unique way to build unique products and it it will lead to a different you know, configuration of how factories work in the future where you will not only have traditional factories with a whole line of manufacturing machines, but you will also be having Internet of Things factories, where in the same way that the distribution of parts has been completely changed by Amazon and Walmart, so this technology can change the distribution of manufacturing. You will be able to have your doctor um, give prescribe a, a new shoulder for you. Somebody designs it in Boston, they push a button, and it is made in a machine across the street. It's a really exciting technology. So what possibly could go wrong? Well, what has gone wrong is that it, it, it is a technology that is a very dynamic process that 
causes you to have to make the metal at the same time you are making the part in a critical chamber with a, multiple, a couple of thousand degrees of heat with a laser melting uh, metal and you have gas circulating. There are 200 variables that can come into play as you make a 3D metal part. And so they have had trouble getting the 3D metal manufacturing machines to develop a high level of high consistently repeatable quality parts. And Sigma has, has developed a technology that allows the machines to be monitored in real time. As the parts are being made, our hardware software package is observing and assessing what is going on in there. And we are able to extract from thermal information when a part is beginning to drift out of specification. We can spot the precursors of a quality problem. We can alert the machine operator who can stop it um, and make a correction and save the part and very often save the build. So Sigma has a has a, a crucial enabling technology required for we believe 3D metal technology to reach its potential. Today it's a billion dollar market and and that is just the beginning. Today Airbus, GE, Honeywell, Boeing, uh, many of the car manufacturers, uh, Bugatti is actually putting a lot of the 3D metal parts in their, their Bugatti. So it's an exciting market that, that wants to take off, that, that major companies want to commit to, but the quality problem needs to be fixed, and we have that solution. Excellent. Well, when it is disruptive, the word applies, and I think you're exactly spot on with that. Well, you're our guest today as well as the CEO of the company. Let's learn a little bit about yourself and the rest of the key members of the management team. Sure. So my background um, is in going into companies that either needed to be restarted or turned around or directed in a new direction. I'm an adrenaline-requiring person, and I love these high-criticality, fast-moving uh, companies, and Sigma is absolutely that. Our CTO is a veteran out of Intel with tremendous technical breadth and our product line requires a lot of technical breadth. In order to be a great metallurgy company, we are actually a great physics company. We, we, are, we have a, a, a terrific mathematician in-house. We have an advisory board member who used to be Intel's gatekeeper on changes in its quality system. Our CFO, uh, Frank Orzakowski, is a, a really strong executing fell on the accounting and administrative and operations side. It's absolutely incredible. Um, our head of sales is Ron Fisher, who has a background in business development, uh, doing the hard stuff, taking companies um, while they're evolving their product and working with end-user customers to learn from the customers what more needs to be done with the product to mature it into something they end up buying a lot of. So. It's a very strong management team with relevant to what we need to do. And we just enhanced it enormously. This week, we brought in Mark Ruport uh, to be executive chair of the board, uh, which means I, as chair, stepped aside for Mark to take that 
position. And the reason is, Mark is a serial entrepreneur. He's, he's taken three software companies, um, built them into significant enterprises. All of them ended up being acquired by companies, the likes of which included Oracle. And he's hungry <laughs> to do it again. And your year-end interview with me uh, leads to this. At the end of here in 2019, we find that, um, as we announced a month ago, in a, in a, uh, we're a public company, and so we announced it in an earnings call, we have six companies who are major enterprises, three are OEMs, three are end users, who in the next six to nine months are going to have completed the test and evaluation of our equipment in their shops, and they will be able to make decisions of whether or not to deploy us on all of their production equipment. Or, if if they're original equipment manufacturers, they will have the decision to make, okay, should we be licensing Sigma? So we brought Mark in to to go out and cut those deals and um, help us make 2020 uh, um, a new year for us. So that's our challenge, and that's our solution to the challenge, double down, get stronger, go faster. Well, I look forward to getting into the goals of the company in 2020 a little bit deeper, but let's look back on 2019. What do you see as some of the major milestones the company was able to achieve? It was a, it was a transformative year for us because in uh, November uh, 2018, uh, we, we released the, the first really commercial industrial version or iteration of our technology. We, we changed our capability into a product, and a, a usable and deployable in an industrial setting, approved for operation by testing labs and so on and so forth. And we, we announced at that time, we said, okay, it was December uh, a year ago, okay, we've introduced this wonderful version of our product at Formnext, the big industry show. We are now going to uh, pursue... The market entry into the marketplace with a rapid test and evaluation program. And what that means is we are we are going out and recruiting companies who meet the following criteria. First, uh, they have to be a very large brand name company. Second, they have to be making on their own machines or buying from subcontractors the capacity of at least at least twenty additive manufacturing metal machines. Third. They have to think they have a serious quality problem. Otherwise, why do this? And fourth, they have to have a reputation for being decisive and aggressive. And in the case of original equipment manufacturers rather than end users, who might just describe it, if they, they have to be companies that um, are anxious to, to have a in-process quality assurance tool that they can deliver in their machines. So, so we went out and recruited companies that fit those criteria. And so it's a year later. What happened? Well, six of the companies we recruited are now coming out of the test and evaluation system. So, so as we sit here a year after announcing we were going to market, well, we're in the market. We are engaged with a major brand-name company clients, both as end users and as original equipment manufacturers. And so we're not looking to sell them. We're looking to finish the process uh, um, of proving our product works for them so that they elect to buy it 
because they know now they need it. We proved it on their floor. Last year was getting there, getting into the market, and this year is harvesting the market. Well, and that leads me to my question. So what does the year 2020 look like for the company? In other words, what are some of your goals or milestones that you'd like to see reached? Well, we want to, on on the technology side, um, we're pursuing a number of things, of course, I won't tell you about, but um, what we're really interested in doing um, is continuing the, the, to make our user-friendly interface ever more educational to the end users. We are deployed now with people like the National Institute of Standards, with um, Fraunhofer Institute, with MTC in England, and um, we and, and we are now moving into the university market. We want our tool to become the defined standard with which people analyze what is going on in a 3D metal machine. So in, in 2020, I would love to see us become the hardened, recognized leader in that space. I mean, in 2020, we are anxious to be able to harvest OEM licensees and end-user commitments to put us on serial production equipment. No assurance that any of that stuff will take place. So we're working like heck to be darn sure we we go hard at it. Um, And so in 2020, we want to come out of the year with a a solid order base in which people, both competitors and friends of the company, conclude, all right, Sigma's established. This This is a serious product. The OEMs using it are serious companies. Therefore, other OEMs would be inclined to uh, rush to license before they're closed out of it. Uh, therefore, end users would no longer feel that they have to be the first uh, early adopter. This is, it makes it easier to buy and easier to sell. So a year from now, that's what I'd love to be able to tell you what had taken place. Well, listeners, once again, I'm speaking with John Rice, the CEO of Sigma Labs Incorporated, traded under that ticker symbol SGLB. Learn more about the company at their website, sigmalabsinc.com. John, thank you so much for your insight and candor about your company. We look forward to great things from Sigma Labs Incorporated here in 2019 and well beyond. Thanks, John. Thank you very much, and follow Sigma, folks. All right, for John Rice, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. This audio interview is an original broadcast provided by Network Newswire, a multifaceted financial news and publishing company delivering a new generation of corporate communication solutions, including news aggregation and syndication, social communication, and enhanced news release services. Network Newswire may receive payments for corporate communications relations, as well as various press releases and social media solutions provided to its clients. You should assume that officers and directors of Network Newswire or financial analysts mentioned hold a position in and may intend to trade these securities for their own accounts. This interview is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be nor should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, investment in the featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This audio interview by Network Newswire does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used in statements of fact have been obtained from the 
feature company and other sources, but not verified nor guaranteed by Network Newswire as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. Please see our full disclaimers and disclosures at NetworkNewsWire.com.